Thank you guys for being here. Um, in this workshop, we're going to be talking about how you guys can not only share the gospel with people as individuals, but I want to present to you an opportunity to share the gospel with your entire school by leading an outreach effort. Um, before we get into that, let's just, let's just find out who's here in the room. How many of you guys are public school students? Raise your hand. Wow, that's a big majority. All right, what about private school? Private school, nice. You guys all are in the same row somehow. That was cool. And homeschool? Homeschool, great. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know, no matter what kind of school you go to, you're here. It's the right place to be. Um, there's always opportunities for you to share the gospel at your school. Um, we're going to talk about how you can proclaim the gospel clearly and, and accurately. How many of you guys have tried to talk to your friends or your family member and just have a gospel conversation before? Awesome. Praise God. All right. Keep your hand raised if that was like super awkward or difficult. Right? And keep your hands raised if it was like, man, it was so worth it. Like, it was, I'm so happy I did that. Right? Like, most hands are raised. Awesome. Praise God. Um, we're going to talk about three specific challenges um, that I want to present to you guys to share the gospel at your school this year. And I want to present to you, as I mentioned before, what it looks like to lead outreach as a Christian club leader. That's something I want you guys to consider. But before we go there, I want to talk about why. I want to talk about why this workshop even exists, why our ministry exists, why you guys are here. Why is it so, so urgent and so important for us to share the gospel in high school? What do you guys think? Raise your hand. Why is it so important? Yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says high school is the most impactful t one of the most impactful times of your life where you're forming beliefs. Did you know that 84% of Christians in the United States make the decision to follow Jesus before the age of 18? 84%. Wow. All right, right here, decision point shirt guy. Students are desperate for truth, right? Like we live in a world full of information and most of those most of that information is lies. We're hungry for truth. We were created for truth. Great. Thank you. Right here. Amen. Yeah. Right? The Bible tells us, right, how can they hear the gospel if no one's telling them? <laughs> right? And if no one's, if they can't hear the gospel, how are they going to be saved? Right? In, in the end, it comes down to the urgency of the realities of, hey, we're all going to leave this earth at some point. We don't know when that is. And when you look out at your school, do you want to see these people with you in heaven? I think that's an important question for us to ask. Um, Everything that we've talked about here, these are all physical symptoms and physical evidence of, a, of the same spiritual problem, right? We were created for one being in particular. We were created to be in relationship with God. And when that is missing, nothing else in this life can fill that void. Amen? And we have to ask ourselves, do we really believe Jesus is the solution? Right? Because something the world's trying to teach us all the time is the lie that Jesus might solve some problems, but not this one, right? Jesus might work for some people, but he won't work for my school. And these are lies because Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And the, and the Bible makes it really clear. There is no other name given 
to men under heaven by which we must be saved. So what can we do? Just a little bit about our ministry, Decision Point. We dream of the day where there's student-led, church-supported, awakening to the love of Christ at every middle and high school in our nation. Wouldn't that be awesome? If there was an awakening like this, this movement that, that wasn't manufactured by our efforts, but it was the Spirit of God just bringing people to life at your school. We've helped students at over 500 schools across the nation proclaim the gospel to their peers, and we're here to help you. And one message I really want you guys to leave with is that God can use you, and you can do this. Okay? And it's not because you're awesome, even though I'm sure you are. God can use you, and you can do this because our God is awesome. Because God has given us his Holy Spirit. God has given us his Son. He's literally given us everything we need. And all we need to come before the Lord with is a willing heart. And God will use that. God does not look for those who consider themselves qualified. God's not only looking for extroverts, right? God's not only looking for the popular kids. God qualifies those that say, yes, Lord, use me. And God wants to use you. I believe you guys are here today because you want to make a difference. I want to commend you for that. And I hope you guys really soak uh, this seminar in and realize, hey, I don't need to wait to start making a difference for the kingdom of God. I remember when I was in high school and I'll go to camps, I would be challenged. I would feel that challenge in my heart. And you know what I would tell myself? I could do that when I'm older. And I pray that you guys don't say that to yourselves at this camp because that was a lie. That was a lie that I told myself. Let me share with you about a student named Jackson. I'm sure this will be encouraging for you. He's a student just like you. He's in the inner city of Chicago. Um, and he decided he wanted to stand up and make a difference at his school for Christ. He was seeing the problems of gang violence and influence and all kinds of drug abuse. So he started a Christian club. We partnered with him. We offered him ongoing coaching. We partnered with his youth pastor. He decided to host a full week of outreach at his school where over 270 students came and heard about Jesus from a dynamic list of speakers. Their church was able to provide free Chick-fil-A for everyone that showed up. They gave out a bunch of Bibles and gospel booklets, and dozens of students accepted Christ on campus during lunchtime. Right? Isn't that amazing? I want to share with you about one particular friend of Jackson named Muhammad. Now, what's interesting about Muhammad is he grew up in a Muslim home. And you might be thinking, man, he must have been so far from God. But on the last day of the outreach, he showed up to each day. On the last day, he came up to Jackson and he said, Jackson, I'm not a Muslim anymore. I've decided to follow Jesus. Now Muhammad's reading his Bible every day. He's experienced the joy of knowing Jesus. And recently he posted this on his social media that I want to share with you guys. He said, God, thank you for making a way for me to have a relationship with you. Show me how I can spend intentional time with knowing you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is not the work of man. This is not the work of decision point. This is not the work of Jackson. This is God, our living God, breathing life and shining the light of Jesus into a dark place. And if God can use Jackson to do this, God can use you. And we know God has used Jackson, right? This is evidence right here. And God can use you too. But you might still be th sitting there thinking, but I can't do that. Jackson can do that, but maybe I can't do that. And I want to point you to these three scriptures. I won't read them now, but if you want to just write down the references 
Ephesians 3.20 reminds us that our God is able, right? He wants to work in and through us. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, the Great Commission, right? What does Jesus say at the end? He says, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is with us. And 1 Timothy 4.12, God can use you. Timothy was a young man. So young that many people might have discredited him in his leadership. But Paul's encouraging him, hey, don't let them despise you for your youth, but set an example for the believers. And this might all be great. You might be feeling really encouraged right now, but then there's that question, right? What about separation in church and state? Is this even legal? Is Barnaby asking me to do illegal things at my school right now? And I want to assure you that this is 100% legal. And there's two key laws that are federal laws that apply to every um, middle and high school in our nation, uh, the public schools. The first is the First Amendment. This is a part of our Constitution. The second is the Equal Access Act, which I'll get into in just a sec. Let's talk about the First Amendment. This is a freedom of speech, and speech is not just verbal speech, but also written speech. So you are, regardless of what you've been told by your teachers or your administrators, the Constitution is still the Constitution. You can openly talk about Jesus. You can give out gospel booklets and Bibles. You can pray at school. You can pray out loud at school. You can talk to people about Jesus and invite them to church. You can wear clothes that have Christian messaging and Bible verses on them. This is all 100% legal as long as you're not doing these things during instructional time. Right? You can't talk to you can't try to evangelize to your friend during calculus, right? You got you got to wait till, you know, before school, during lunch, or during the passing periods and after school. The second law is called the Equal Access Act. And the Equal Access Act is, it applies to all secondary schools uh, that receive federal funding, so that's all public schools. And it basically says this, that any student group on campus must be allowed the same access and facilities as every other student group on campus. What does this mean? That, this means that if the Gay-Straight Alliance at your school invites a speaker, has an event in the gym, and promotes their event, guess what? You can do that too. Not only you, but every other club in the school can do it. So usually what this means at any public school we work with is that you're allowed to host events, you're allowed to promote your events, pass out flyers, be in the school uh, PA announcements, you can hang up posters, and you can invite guest speakers to present the gospel and even lead an altar call during lunchtime for students to accept Christ. Now, here's the thing. This is an incredible opportunity that is unique to you guys as students. If your youth pastor wanted to preach the gospel at your school and just decided to roll up to your school and start talking to people about Jesus, they'd be escorted off of campus pretty quick. That's illegal. But get this. If you form a Christian club, or if there is a Christian club, you decide to hold a student-led event, and you invite that same youth pastor to your event, you can invite the entire student body to come sit in the gym, and that pastor can preach the gospel, can even do an altar call for, to in, accept Christ right then and there, and students can be saved. But that wouldn't be possible without the Christian club. So you, if you form a Christian club or if you're part of a Christian club, not only are you able to reach your school, but you're able 
to be a door opener for your church and other churches in your city to reach lost students. I want you to ask this question. What if God used you? All right, just close your eyes with me real quick. I know it's a little corny to close your eyes, but I want you to just envision this, right? What if God answered your craziest prayers for your school? What if God used you to save your non-Christian friends? What if God used you to reach your entire school? What if God used you to lead even teachers at your school to Christ? And I want you to open your eyes and realize that now is the time. You might be a freshman and you're thinking, hey, I have four years. Let me take my freshman year to just get acquainted to high school, right? Figure out which group I'm going to hang out with at lunch. But those four years are going to fly by. I want you to realize that there is urgency. And it's not only students that need the gospel, but it's their families. Right? How many of you guys come from Christian homes? Right? Most of us. Are we, is our strategy to reach people just hoping that their parents show up to, to church one day? Yeah, that's, that would be a waste. You guys can share the gospel with your friends. Help them to lead their households to Christ. What was really cool this last year, we had a principal come to one of the gospel outreaches, and she gave her life to Christ right then and there. It wasn't even for her, right? It's for the students. But she gave her life to Christ. So you never know how God can use you. I want you to watch this video that we're, we're about to play, and I want you to envision, what could this look like in my school? And I want you to write down in your worksheet there anything that stands out to you and anything that you feel like God might be encouraging you to consider to do at your school. So let's turn our attention to the screen. Sharing the gospel at, at Sienega is something I feel like to do because um, I really feel just this darkness at the school. I feel like just this light in this, in this dark room. It's hurting so bad and students don't even know. They don't know how wonderful Jesus is and that's what I hope to tell them and bring them the good news. I really want my peers to know just like the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and just how much God loves us and unconditionally because it's such like just a broken world and people feel so unloved and feel the need to um, just be fake and like gain people's favor by like, following the crowd and there's something so much better if they just pursue Jesus and just give them hope in their lives. You may be the only Christian that they've talked to ever or that has really been intentional with them. It's really cool to see um, the fruits of like what happens at these outreach weeks. Uh, we've seen uh, probably hundreds if not thousands of people hear the gospel at our school. A lot of students who are not only coming for the food but they're coming to hear what the speakers are talking about. We got to partner with some really cool pastors throughout the week that came in to do rallies at these schools. So they came in and they spoke on the gospel. Some of them shared their testimonies. At, our, at my home church we're told all the time that high school is the biggest mission field in the world and I really get to see that with all the hurt and broken students on our campus and for me this has helped me because it's helped equip me with the tools that, I, that I'm going to need. Especially during Outreach Week you really have to step outside of your comfort zone. It's just really helped me to be more bold and confident in my faith everywhere that I go. I could never imagine like having such a cool like event that like so many students are going to and hearing about God. All of a sudden the pages of scripture become alive to them. Now it's not just a, a distant story in the past and that would be nice if it happened today, but they get to see God experience in miraculous ways right in second period at their school. It's amazing.
So I hope that was encouraging for you guys, seeing God just reach an entire campus through the Christian club. And yeah, it does take Christian club leaders to make this kind of thing happen. So one of the things that I wanted to challenge you guys with today, um, and one of the reasons we have, we have those response cards, is I want you to consider, hey, do I want to lead outreach to try to reach my entire campus with the gospel this year? Do I want to be a Christian club leader? Do I want to maybe start a Christian club? Even if you don't know where to start, if you have that desire, we'd love to connect with you and give you resources and try to get connected with your church and your pastor too to see how we can work together. Um, if you're at a private school, the laws may be a little different. The First Amendment still, still applies, um, but there's still ways. We work with private schools as well. Even if you're at a Christian school, you know, a lot of the students at Christian schools are not Christian, so they still need to hear the gospel. And if you're a homeschool student, you can actually be a part of your local um, high school's Christian club meetings. Just get connected. We can help you get connected with the Christian club there. And then you can just show up as a guest every week to their Christian club meetings and even be a part of helping out with the outreach. But today I wanted to um, present to you three challenges just as an individual as well. So we just looked at Christian club stuff. But just as individual Christians, I want to present these three challenges to you guys. The first is the Pray 5 Challenge. The second is the Give God's Word Challenge. And the third is the Go Witness Challenge. Now, let me break down the Pray 5 Challenge first. Super simple. The Pray 5 Challenge is this. Commit to praying for five people who don't know Jesus for five minutes every day for five weeks. Five non-Christians, five minutes a day for five weeks. Okay, everything we do for Christ begins in prayer. And you'd be surprised how much praying for someone else to know Jesus will do a work on your own heart and your own relationship with God. The second challenge is the Give God's Word challenge. And the explanation is really in the name. Give God's Word to people. The Bible tells us that the, that the scriptures are not just ink on a page. Right? That it's the living Word of God. There's literally an outreach story. Uh, I don't have it prepared here. I just got reminded of it, of a student who showed up to an outreach event, came for the pizza, tried to sneak in at the end so he didn't hear the message at all. But on his way out, a Christian club member passed him a New Testament. He went home and he read that New Testament and gave his life to the Lord. And now he's serving as a youth pastor for the past eight years. Right? You have no idea the kind of impact God can make through his word. And God assures us that his word will not return void. The third challenge I want to present to you, and we're going to spend a little more time on this, is the Go Witness Challenge. Now, you might have heard the phrase before, share the gospel and use words when necessary. Have you heard that before? Okay. It sounds really cool. But it's not biblical. It's not biblical. Right? And I have one clear argument for it, right? You guys heard of Jesus? He's uh, basically the best guy ever, right? Can we agree that Jesus is the best guy ever, right? Never sinned, right? Loved everyone, had compassion for like everyone, right? He even prayed for the people that were nailing him to the cross for crying out loud. Best guy ever. Now, Jesus was the best ever. And if his actions were enough for people to just follow, follow Jesus and repent, then why did he spend his ministry preaching the gospel? Right? If Jesus thought it necessary to preach the gospel in addition to being uh, a moral example, then we 
We're fooling ourselves to think that we can somehow just be good enough so that people just look at the example of our life and just give their life to the Lord. That doesn't happen. We have to use words. We have to proclaim the truth of the gospel. Here are three verses that remind us of this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20 tells us that our identity is that we are ambassadors of God, that we are drafted into the ministry of God's reconciliation with humankind. It's not a choice. Acts 1.8 says, you will be my witnesses. It doesn't say, decide to be my witnesses at some point later in your Christian journey. It says, you will be my witnesses. Mark 15.16 makes it very clear. Proclaim the gospel to all creation. Romans 10.14-15 reminds us that if we don't share the gospel, how are we expecting people to come to salvation? We have to share the gospel. It is not just a matter of where our heart's at. It's a matter of, hey, we're called to live this out. If we really believe in the gospel, how can we keep it to ourselves, right? So uh, my question for you is if God opens the door, right? Let's say the Pray 5 Challenge. You're praying for your, your five friends or family members who don't know Jesus. You're praying, God, give me an opportunity for me to share the gospel with them. Would you soften their heart to receive the gospel by faith? Now let's say God actually gives you that opportunity. Will you be ready to share the gospel? And my hope is that you'll leave this seminar today a little bit more equipped with a lot more confidence that you can do this, okay? So here are five simple steps for how to share the gospel. Number one, prepare for the conversation. Number two, begin the conversation. Number three, share the gospel. Number four, invite them to respond. And five, prepare for follow-up. I'm going to focus in on these first three steps because I think this is actually where we get hung up the most and might be the most difficult. Number one, prepare for the conversation. We already kind of talked about this, but everything begins in prayer. You have to pray for them, and you also have to pray for yourself. Because here's the thing. The gospel is not compelling because it's just an eloquent sequence of words. It's compelling because you are living evidence that the gospel is true. And if you don't speak to someone with conviction and confidence that the gospel is true, they will feel that. So we need to keep praying, Lord, help me in my unbelief. Strengthen my faith in the gospel. Help me to see that this really works, that you really work. You transform people's lives. Number two, begin the conversation. And this is really simple. Um, Can I use one of you guys as an example? Hey, how's it going? My name is Barnaby. Your name's Cody? Cody? Nice to meet you, Cody. All right. I just introduced myself to Cody. He, he introduced himself to me. That's how you begin the conversation, right? <laughs> Pretty simple. How many of you guys feel like you can do that? Pretty easy, right? All right. Now, the second part is asking what, is, what we call a transition question, okay? How many of you guys here like a bait and switch? You guys like a bait and switch? You like it? I like using them. <laughs> you don't like being on the receiving end, right? Okay. Well, you could probably sniff it out. That's right, right? But anyways, we don't want to do a bait and switch. We don't want to approach them and say, hey, I want to talk to you about life and then start talking about Jesus, you know? Let's get, let's get down to it. So here's an example of a transition question. Hey, Cody, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm going around today and I'm talking to people about spirituality, specifically about their, uh, their thoughts on who Jesus is. And I was wondering if you had a few minutes to talk with me because I'd love to hear uh, what you think. 
right? That's what we call a transition question. You're making it clear. You're letting them know why you want to talk to them, and you're asking them for a few minutes, right? Letting them know how they can budget, you know, how long is this going to take up of my time, right? All right, and then after that, this step's really simple. You just listen, okay? You just listen. Just hear them out, all right? So let's pretend Cody's telling me everything he knows about Jesus. He used to be a part of a cult, and he used to sacrifice animals and stuff, but now he doesn't do that anymore. And guess what? As he tells me stuff, I'm picking up, like, things that I can, that I can jump on. Hey, you used to sacrifice animals? Well, you know what? Jesus sacrificed himself, and we don't need to sacrifice animals anymore because his blood was perfect, and it covered all of our sins, right? So that's, why, that's part of listening. You're not just, like, listening in a fake, ingenuine way. Like, actually listen to them. And then here's a, here's a second question I want you guys to prepare and even write down right now. It's called a permission question, and it's really simple. This is what we do. Hey, Cody, thank you so much for sharing with me about your spiritual journey and what you think about Jesus. Um, do you mind if I share with you what I believe? Yeah, and here's the thing. If you've listened to them, there's a high chance that they'll say yes. I'd be willing to hear what you believe. And guess what? They've just given you the green light to present the gospel to them. Okay, so... Right now, just real quick, I want you guys to write down your transition question and your permission question. Okay, it doesn't have to be exactly what I used. It could, your transition question could be, hey, I'm talking to people about God today. Do you have a few minutes? It can be as simple as that. And then your transition question, or sorry, that was your transition. Your permission question is, do you mind if I share with you what I believe? That's all you have to say. And guess what? If they say no, that's okay. That's okay. They've just said no. That's fine. They've made their choice. Okay, you can talk to someone else or you can try to come back to them later. But write down your two questions right now, your transition question, how you transition from your intro to the conversation, and then your permission question, which is, thank you for sharing with me. Do you mind if I share with you what I believe? All right, let me give you 10 seconds to do that. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one. All right. And then what do you do after you begin the conversation? Let's say, like Cody said, yes, you can share with me what you believe. Jump into the gospel. Just go straight into it. And here's four ways to think about the gospel to make sure you don't leave anything out. Number one, God. You got to introduce who this is all about, right? God. God created us to know him personally. He loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. Okay. Number two. But here's the problem. Our condition. We are sinful and separated from God. All of us are guilty. We're in need of forgiveness. We don't have a solution. No matter how hard we try to be good people, we fail at it, and we need a Savior. This brings us to point number three, the solution. God provides the solution for us in his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who took on flesh, came down from heaven, lived the perfect life, died on the cross for us, and rose from the dead, so that we can overcome evil. He showed that. He earned that for us. So all we do is put our faith in him, and we can be forgiven and saved and have eternal life. And that's number four. Each of us must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. In order to be saved, here, here's what's helpful for me. I go through a, what, an acronym, ABC. Okay? A, you have to admit you're a sinner, that you need a Savior. B, you got to believe in Jesus. you got to believe that he died and rose again for your sins. 
Number three, you got to confess him as Lord. That means you're not the master of your own life anymore. Jesus is the master of your life. And Romans tells us that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, if you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. I think I flipped those. But anyways, if you believe that God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's that simple. Now, how many of you guys can remember all that? All right, some of you, great. But in case you can't, there's a gospel booklet that's super helpful. It's there in your packet. It's that black booklet that says meant for more. It has these four points broken down very simply. Here's another question. How many of you guys can read? Okay, great. If you can read, you can share the gospel. Okay? If you can read, you can share the gospel. Literally, you might feel awkward doing this, but I've seen it work. I've literally seen one of my youth students give his life to Christ just by doing this. I say, hey, can I share the gospel with you? He said, yes. I sat down with him. I'm a preacher, but I didn't add anything else. I just read through the booklet, and at the end of it, he was like, I want to give my life to Jesus. And he's been following Jesus for the past four years. Right? So that's what the gospel booklet can help you do, and it can help you actually lead them to an invitation to respond. And I want us to practice this right now real quick with the last few minutes we have left. I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to practice the first three steps of this won't have time to actually get into the gospel, but just practice introducing yourself, asking that transition question, hey, do you have a few minutes to talk about God? And then ask that permission question, thank you for sharing. Can I share with you what I believe? Let's go and let's do that for 30 seconds, okay? Should take about 15 seconds each person. All right, if you haven't switched yet, switch partners. Or not switch partners, but switch roles. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Hopefully that little bit of practice was helpful for you guys. Um, I'm going to jump to the closing portion of our, our workshop. Thank you guys again for being here. I hope this was encouraging and a blessing for you guys. I pray that you're really leaving with this message. Hey, I can do this, and God wants to use me, and it's totally possible. We want to connect with you and give you resources and, and any kind of encouragement. If you have the desire to say yes to any of these challenges, I want you to indicate that on your response card. In the middle, it says uh, those three challenges, pray five, give God's word, and, and go witness. If you want to say yes to those challenges, please indicate that for us. We'd love to uh, support you in that and send you any resources such as life books and gospel tracts. And then if you want to uh, actually lead like on-campus outreach like you saw in the video and either start a Christian club or join a Christian club, um, there's that second checkbox there about, hey, I want to say yes to leading outreach at your school. We love to connect with you and get connected with your church to see how we can together work to help you have the support and training you need to reach your school effectively. So I'm just going to 
close with that. Please uh, turn in your response cards to either me or my wife, Christine, as you guys exit. And once again, we're going to need the pens back. You can keep everything else. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, and God bless you all. Thank you.